Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. We are going to do something tonight that uh, is rare for us. Um, we don't do too many serious shows, but this is one of those times in our nation's history where we've gotten a lot of emails about the same subject over and over and over again, and we thought we would address it. Um, tonight's issue is immigration. Uh, in, in particular, uh, families getting separated at the border and what's going on and why this is happening. I, I've seen a lot of news being reported uh, in the media that seemed to me at least, um, and to, to members of our show, that was unjust, uh, that was unfair. A lot of these pictures that are being spread across social media are from 2014 of, of kids in cages or kids in uh, tinfoil blankets and things like that that are now being brought to light now and they're pinning it on the Trump administration when truthfully this is going on, uh, that was going on in the, in the Obama administration. And if we're being totally fair about it, it's been going on for the last 20 years. So it wasn't just Trump. It wasn't just Obama. Uh, it, was, it was both the Bushes. It was Clinton. Um, this has been happening for a while. However, with the way that social media works these days, it has become a wildfire, essentially. You put one thing out there and it catches. Congratulations. It will be a, a total fucking complete meltdown um uh, of of houses <laughs> uh relationships you name it um and and this is the big one right now this is the hot button topic and what i tried to do on this show and in, in ross patterson revolution was reach out to some border patrol agents and say hey would you be willing to come on the show uh both shows in particular um I would say the number is currently around five or six where we had people that were currently working on border patrol actually saying they would love to come on. And at the last second, they've bowed out of it um, for fear of, of retaliation or losing their job. And I totally understand that. Um, being being a, a member of the border patrol, working at our border or working as a first responder is, is a complete uh, joy. Um, and... Those jobs should be treasured, and if you lose that job, it's really difficult to get again. And uh, most of the people that are working in that field are doing it because they truly love it. Uh, let's face it, the money is not great. So they're obviously doing it because they want to make a difference in the world. And the fact that they're being shit on right now because of this really made me angry. So uh, when I sat back and thought about it, and I said, all right, great, uh, these, these five or six gentlemen are, aren't going to come on. Who do we call? And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Rocco was Border Patrol. Rocco did this for years. Uh, he would be great to have on the show. Rocco's extremely busy, as you guys obviously know. Uh, he was on a few shows ago, and we talked about his schedule. And I just said, hey, man, I would love to have you on this show. You were uh, an OG drinking bro from day one. You were still one of us, and uh, we're, we are proud of your success and all of that. We don't know anybody else who was on Border Patrol. Uh, we, we would love to have you on to express your opinion. And I, I, we, we think that you were a member of the drinking bro community that people respect. So what you're talking about isn't fucking bullshit. It's not some 
whitewashed fucking media uh, Jumanji where, you know, you're you're kind of fitting pieces in and just making up your own puzzle. And then uh, it might work. It might not work. Or what do you believe? What do you don't believe? I, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to get down to the brass of, of what's really going on. And we knew Rocco would absolutely give that story. Uh, it was just a matter of, of him giving some time to us. Uh, <laughs> he was currently uh, getting his phones replaced. And, um, uh, and I said, hey, where are you right now? And he said, dude, I'm in the parking lot of, of AT&T. <laughs> Me and my wife and my kids are getting new cell phones. And I was like, great. Uh, is it going to be a while? Because typically that shit's like fucking two hours when you're there. And they're like, I don't know. It's going to be grind. It's going to be here for like 15 minutes. You're never there for 15 minutes. You're, you're there for the whole goddamn day. It's it's like getting a car these days with these fucking phones. Um, that's what happens. Uh, uh, iPhones, when your phones are fucking $1,200 a piece. Um, so with that being said, I said, hey, why don't you call me when you're ladies in the store? Because you're going to have about an hour on your hands. And uh, you can call me from the car from the other phone before it gets nuked. And he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. So uh, tonight's episode is, is live from Los Angeles. We're, we're live from uh, Rocco's car as his, his wife is changing in phones. And it's, it's one of the greatest episodes I personally think we've had. And it gets right to the heart of the issue. So when you hear his stories and hear what's really going on in the Border Patrol, uh, hopefully it, it sheds a little light on um, uh, what's actually going on out there as opposed to what the media is saying is going on out there. Um, and I think that is that is really, really important, and that's getting lost in all of this today. So what we're going to do first is, is, is hop into the sponsors, and then we're going to jump onto this phone call with Rocco. But uh, I, I want to say that we are extremely grateful for Rocco's time and that he would come back and do the show, and especially come back and do the show to talk about such a hot-button topic, especially as his Hollywood career is on the verge of explosion. Um, the Mayans is coming out this fall. We've all seen the trailers. It looks dope as fuck. And, uh, it means a lot to us that he would take time out of his day and his family to, uh, to sit in the car and just chat with us, uh, for an hour. So, uh, let's get to the sponsors and then we'll hop, we'll hop into the show. Uh, first and foremost, we're talking about blackriflecoffee.com. Black Rifle Coffee is, is obviously our, our chief sponsor. Uh, but more importantly, they're our best friends. Uh, everybody who works there is, is a, a close friend to us. Obviously Matt and Jared and, uh, and Evan are, are the owners of it, but, uh, you know, Logan and Dan and, and the rest of the guys, Eli and all those guys are, are all of us are, are best friends in real life. Uh, what, what you hear on the show is, is genuinely what you get. And, um, uh, I can tell you personally watching these guys work and seeing how hard they work on a daily basis is, uh, is, is unbelievable, and um, you know they were willing to stick their neck out for this show and Ross Patterson Revolution, and uh, and sponsor it and and uh, take it over for all of 2018, and we're extremely grateful to them. Uh, check out their coffee at BlackRifleCoffee.com. It's a premium roast to order coffee, which which means they make it fresh in the house, and uh, and then they ship it out right to you. They got bags, they got K cups, and their apparel is second to none. Uh, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use the one-time promo code of Drinking Bros for 20% off, or you can use Revolution, as in Ross Patterson Revolution, for also a one-time uh, promo code in case you've used Drinking Bros before for 20% off. I would highly recommend using it on the Coffee Club of the Month program. Uh, that, that's the best in the biz. 
It gets shipped to your house every single, uh, around the same time and date every single month, which, which is fucking amazing. And it's about $4 cheaper than Costco. Uh, plus, look, you're supporting veterans. Like, uh, the coffee's fucking amazing. Get the caffeinated as fuck or the just black. Those are my jams. They got a ton of new other uh, blends, and it's amazing. Go to blackriflecoffee.com. Promo code Drinking Bros, 20% off, one time use. Uh, next up, we've got strikeforceenergy.com. Strikeforce Energy, look, man, I've been, we've been fucking homies since day ones with these guys. Uh, day one with these guys. And um, I want to say this. I, I want to say that they were probably, I, I know I say it all the time on the show that they're pr- the, the premier energy drink in the biz, but like for real, I, that's the best energy drink there is right now. And I use that shit in everything. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to see them blowing up in the proper way that they should. Um, they don't have the marketing dollars of a Red Bull or a fucking monster or any of that bullshit yet. They're kind of doing this, uh, this, this grassroots campaign. We've been with them since day one, but I, I dude, yesterday I saw Sean Matson, who's, who's one of the, uh, the owners of strike force in Forbes magazine for changing the fucking game as far as the, the energy drink business goes. And I was stoked, man. I mean, fuck, we've been doing this show for for close to three years now. They've been our sponsors since since day one, and it's fucking awesome to see this uh, company explode like this. So I just want to give a shout out to them. Uh, they have four amazing flavors: original, lemon, orange, and Make America Grape. Again, they get a ten pack, a forty pack, and a seven fifty milliliter bottle that sits on your bar top or countertop. You can just boom, boom, pop a couple squirts in and go. And, uh, again, another veteran company, man, uh, Sean was a Navy seal and this, this energy drink is the shit. I, I literally drink the fuck out of it all the time. So that, that's not a, that's no bullshit. Uh, go to strikeforceenergy.com. Use the promo code drinking bros for 20% off. And that's good every time. Uh, by the way, this shit is cheap as fuck there. It's like 99 cents a packet. So just try a Just try a 10 pack and, uh, tell me. If you're disappointed, I guarantee you will not be. Uh, next up, we've got my new book, When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It. Uh, it's the sequel to A Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. Is Everybody's asking, is this one funnier than the last one? Yes, um, because I, I look, I, I mean, I'm being real fucking honest tonight. Uh, typically, I'm not like this. I'll tell you why it's funnier than the last one, because I, I didn't have to worry about uh, what a publisher thought. My contract was pretty pretty tight and strict on the last one so i had to care and there were certain things that i could and could not do and i still pushed it real fucking goddamn hard i mean to the edge where it came down to the last day of like whether or not that book was going to come out it came out it was cherished and loved and all that other shit and the reviews were great um so on this one they had a 30-day clause to pick it up and there's nothing they could fucking do so i went harder doubly than the last one which is almost goddamn shocking you'll know when you get it because harriet tubman's on the cover why am i asking you to get this in hardback uh it, it's simply because that is the best way i can get on the new york times bestseller list please please go out and pre-order this hardback we're about 40 days out all of these numbers for pre-sales count towards opening week sales that's pretty much the only way one can make the new york times bestseller list unless it catches fire later but it starts over after a week so you got to make the same numbers again However, the first week is all pre-sales, and that's all that shit counts for. So please, please uh, go out and support me and uh, pre-order when darkness falls. He doesn't catch it. Go to Amazon or uh, Barnes & Noble, all that shit. But uh, Amazon's usually the the biggest go-to. Next up, we've got ghostbed.com. 
Ghostbed.com. Sleep so good it's scary. You're goddamn right it is. Goddamn right it's scary. Uh, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros is uh, exclusive to you guys. That's where you can find the best deals on mattresses. You will not beat this across the internet um, or on Amazon, actually. Uh, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros is specifically for you guys, and it's giving you the best deals on the planet. Where I think the first deal is $100 off uh, a mattress and two free pillows. The next one's like $200 off and like free sheets or whatever. They've even got a, like a Craftmatic adjustable bed that's uh, it's got like USB ports and flashlights and all that shit. It's fucking incredible. And there's a combo package on there that's giving you $400 off and it's a pay-as-you-go plan. So uh, you don't have to buy all the shit up front where you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to buy a, a, a you know, seven dollars $800 mattress or whatever the fuck it is up front. You don't have to. Uh, you can make you make pay as you go plans, and uh, it's fucking amazing. They ship it right to your house. You open it up, and uh, and that's it. You're done. Same with the Craftmatic part. So let's just say you just order the Craftmatic part. Boom, you're done. You open that shit up, you're fucking done. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros, and uh, and get a mattress, man. You'll uh, you'll feel great about. It. I have fucking two of these goddamn things in my house. I love them. I love their company. It's amazing. Uh, next up, we got grill your ass off. Grill Your Ass Off is another veteran-owned company, man, that, uh, look, I would say I got familiar with these guys probably a year ago, and it was through Instagram, and uh, it was just, like, casually passing through, and then I started following them. I call it meat porn because they were just posting, like, the most amazing, like, barbecue grilling shots from from all of their events, and I was like, fuck, man, these guys are dope. And then one day they hit me up. I liked one of their things, and I wrote a comment, and I was just like, Yo, man, I fucking love your site. It's fucking amazing, blah, blah, blah. And they hit me up and they were like, hey, man, we love Range 15 and Drinking Bros podcasts. Like, we'd love to be a sponsor. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, so that, that that is God's honest truth, how we got connected. And uh, so we got those guys on board, um, had all their chicken, their chicken, their steak seasoning, all that shit. Uh, crispy, uh, Avelia, has got, uh, got a, a habanero seasoning. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. All of their seasonings are, 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 are amazing for grilling. And uh, w- with that, I was like, ah, you're, you're good. And they were like, no, we're not. We're opening up a line of jerky. Their jerky is the greatest fucking thing on the planet. Um, it's all USA fucking beef. It's straight America up in this motherfucker. And there's four amazing flavors um, of the jerky. There's salt and pepper. The sweet and the savory are spicy is, is, is my fucking personal favorite. They got cowboy and they got a ridge. Um, get the, there's a four pack for, for 25 bucks. Get that. Uh, I keep ordering that shit because I keep eating it all goddamn day long. Go to grillyourassoff.com. Type in the promo code drinking bros. You get 15% off. Try that fucking jerky, yo. They have also got a subscription of it. Which I just signed up for because I was like, ah, how much jerky am I going to eat? I gassed through that shit in like two days. And uh, I've got a subscription now. So try it out. Let me know what you think. It's, it's my favorite. God's honest truth. Next up, we've got GrenadeSoap.com. Incoming! Grenade Soap is keeping those private parts super, super clean. Uh, grenade Soap is made with real gunpowder. A lot of people a lot of people have asked, like, hey, man, is that real? Yeah, it's fucking real. Go to the website. Order their fucking soap. It's got real gunpowder in it, and it smells delightful. Uh, it's one of those things, like, as a dude where you're just like, man, I'm tired of using my wife's loofah and whatever fucking bullshit 
uh, sponges or scents she has. Like, I just want to, I just want a fucking dude smell. I just want to smell like a goddamn man. Uh, grenadesoap.com is where you get it, man. And they've got bathing products for dudes. Um, look, if you're a woman out here listening to the show, the shit's not for you. I'm going to be real with you. Uh, they got a taint scrubber. They have that old, uh, shit mitten. Uh, cause when you're scrubbing your, your nethers, your regions, uh, you need a little something extra for your parts. Uh, go to grenadesoap.com for all of your man bathing product needs. Those guys are doing the goddamn thing, right? Yet again, another veteran-owned company. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros for twenty percent off. Last but not least, we've got Kimber. Uh, Kimber, come on, come on, dude. Go to go to www.kimberamerica.com. Uh, I love the fact that they're Kimber America. By the way, they're they're just saying, hey, with American Gun, let's get fucking loose and uh, let's let's do this fucking thing. Uh, a guy came up to me in the gym today and he was just like hey man listen to the fucking drinking bros podcast every single day i love the fact that you guys are doing kimber and the thing he said to me is the thing i always say to you guys where he's just like yo man uh everybody kept telling me if i didn't get a 1911 from kimber like i I just i didn't have a proper gun collection and i was like yeah man same thing i've I've got a fucking 1911 from, from kimber and he's just like yeah yeah uh my son told me that and i was like what and he was like, yeah, yeah, my, my, my son told me that. He's 19. And I was like, fuck, that's a down-ass dude right there. And he goes, I know, I know. But the fact that him and all of his friends are saying, hey, dad, uh, you're not cool if you don't have a 1911 from Kimber, uh, it's fucking awesome. And it's true. Uh, Kimber's great. Uh, I love, love, love those guys, love everything they're doing these days. And there's no promo code because they don't need it. They're like, hey, motherfucker, we're Kimber. You're not. We don't need a promo code. We uh, support the Drinking Bros. We support support Drinking Bros podcast and the whole goddamn community. So, uh, look, our our firearms are are the best in the biz. And uh, if you don't want to be with us, don't be with us. But if you do, you do. So go to the website and uh, peruse their entire catalog of of Kimber firearms. And, uh, man, they got some sexy ones. They got this new 1911 that's got uh, the state of Texas engraved on it it looks like a pearl handle um on the website check their shit out it's fucking incredible and uh big big fans of kimber glad they're on the show and uh tonight i'm glad that rocco is on the show um look he's he's been one of our best friends our ogs we started the show with him and uh super grateful that that he would join us tonight, and we're super proud of his success. And uh, tonight's one of the one of the, the greatest interviews I think we've had in Drinking Bros podcast history. So here's me and Rocco live from a, a an LA parking lot late at night. <laughs> Welcome back, Rocco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Good. I feel like I was just here the other day, so it feels good to be back. You were. You were. Look, fuck. We we'd love to have you on every single goddamn episode if we could. You're too. You're too busy being a fucking movie star. I I keep seeing the promos for the Mayans. This is incredible, yeah, man. man. Oh, it's getting exciting, dude. It's getting every time it comes on. It's cool to see my kids see it and how excited they get. It just you know, there's a little sense of pride deep in there. It says fuck yeah man it's really cool so i'm excited no lie man i so i saw the first teaser and it was uh painted black by the, the rolling stones in spanish and then all the the roses turned into black and i was like oh fuck dude 
I mean, yeah. I get I get chills watching it. I can't imagine what you thought watching it. Dude, it's just uh, I you know I guess I'm still just waiting for it to come out, and then I'll I think that's when it's all going to kind of sink in. Yeah, let me ask you: Are you are you nervous of like? Do you start going over in your mind every night what you've shot and wondering if it's going to make it or not? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You want to know, you know, in your head, you're you're hoping you did the best part, you know, and and two, you're hoping it makes film, and and then three, that it's received by the viewers. You know, I think every actor, you know, what I've been learning is that you want to be well received, and if you are, well, then you have better opportunities of being a follow-on character and continue on throughout the series. So. I'm really hoping I'm just well received, man. Yeah, and, and I will say this: like, I, I wouldn't judge it by the lines or the amount of dialogue you have in a script. Um, I, I would, I, I would judge it based on your overall performance. Because again, man, it, you know, finding the camera and the way you look in, in the background and all that shit during a lot of scenes and your facial expressions will also determine yeah, like yeah. how far you go. And a lot of people don't know that they'll look at a script and be like, "Oh man, I don't have as many lines as so and so." Fuck, I must be fucked, and it's like that's not always the case, man. They could be, no. you know. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're. One emotion can can tell the story of the whole scene, and people don't get that. Like one fucking look can be like, holy shit, there's something going down. Exactly, you know what I mean? exactly. Yeah. And uh, you won't you won't know it until it comes out. Um, but right. there was there was a character actor I worked with named Bruce McGill, who's fucking fantastic, and uh, he's been in every movie under the sun. He was the one who taught me that a, a long time ago, and I was like. Shit. Um, he also said, he goes, look, if you look at me in every scene I'm in, the reason I've been hired so many times over, over my, the course of my career is I'm always in it, whether or not I have dialogue or not. Um, I'm That's always exactly acting in that scene. And I was just like, shit, he's right. Um, and, no, and that's exactly when I get that compliment from some of my counterparts, it's like, okay, cool. I'm doing my job because you also want to give them the feeling. So they do better at their part. Right. You know what I mean? You yeah. always want to be, live for them I'm, I'm always i'm always every time i say action i'm trying to do 100 percent for them as much as myself and so uh you know and the other guys appreciate that shit man and that goes a long way yeah and, and it will forever never forget that we we were talking about robert de niro the other day getting up on top of the you know the tony saying fuck trump and yeah. um i can tell you personally like dude that guy hasn't been acting with other actors in 20 years they'll make him he, he makes everybody shoot their close-ups uh de niro's close-ups first and then they'll bounce. So all the other actors are stuck either reading with a script supervisor or a tennis ball. It's tough, dude. It's Ooh, tough. You know? like, boy. When he did that, I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, you know, it's funny. You know, I never, I don't post political shit. I, I try not to jump on that because. Me I'm, either, I'm yeah. The, I, it's almost the same as like religion. Like, I don't need to tell anyone my religion. It's, a, it, you know, it's mine. That's yeah. my shit to worry about, right? And same political, that, that's my belief. You know what I mean? And and I never feel like I want to impose my beliefs on anyone else because you know you get the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want. When 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 we have these actors that now are are the 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 voices of political agendas, it is it is a scary world, dude. Because I would wish that they would just continue to do their thing as entertainers and entertain and and not jump into that world because for me it just dilutes it. And it's like, come on, man, don't ruin such a beautiful thing we have in entertainment and making it a political freaking charade. I know. And somebody asked me about that the other day. They were like, well, look, you talk about politics on your podcast. And I was like, yeah, but it's my podcast. It, people have to choose to, to listen to that. Whereas, you know, if you, the same as me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some dude, some dude emailed me the other day. He goes, dude, you sound so unintelligent because you cuss every other fucking word. I was like, yeah, 
That's me. That's my <laughs> fucking podcast. Yeah. And if you were going to sit there at a fucking bar drinking a beer with me, I'm going to cuss every fucking word because that's me. And that's what I want the people to listen to my podcast. I want them to feel that. Exactly. I'm not gonna give them some fucking smoke and mirrors goddamn show. It's me. Yeah. So it's just so it's like when it's my show, that's that's what I want you to see. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to describe that to people where you're just like, hey, man, like I'm doing this for free. It's it's me and a microphone on a stage. And yeah. That's it. Exactly. And when it when it becomes work, I don't want to do that shit no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. That po- that podcast, you know why I don't put it out every fucking Friday? Cuz I don't give a fuck enough to put it out every Friday cuz I want to make sure what I put out, I'm proud about. Yeah. And I'm so busy, I'm like when you get another podcast it's cuz I took the time to do it cuz cuz I felt like doing it. I don't want it to feel like work. That's why I stopped even worrying about sponsors on that shit cuz I'm like, look, I don't want to disappoint you fucking sponsors, but I I just want to put it out shit when I feel good about it. Yeah, and or, and else, or else it's work. Exactly, or or else you don't enjoy what you're doing. It becomes a burden, and then the fucking audience knows it. Where they're just like, ah, great. And uh, that's the thing. Drinking Bros podcast was awesome for all of us because it was our time to shut off all the other bullshit and just be able to chill with the boys and bullshit. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, so. I, 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 that's what I enjoy most about the show. Still to this day, is dude. That's an hour out of my day, or an hour and a half, or whatever it ends up being. Where it's just like. Eh, we're just going to talk about fucking nonsense and then move on about our days. Maybe we'll talk about opinions that really matter to us. Um, you know, the reason I, I, I called you, uh, you know, to, to, to come on the show was simply for that reason, too, of like, man, I'm seeing a lot of shit. And we were, we're getting tons of emails about this border issue that's going on right now. And I've talked to maybe four or five border security or, or border patrol members, I guess you would say. You, you'll know the term better than me. And and yeah. they've expressed interest in coming on the show, and then they've they've dipped at the last moment. And I was like, well, fuck, man. I, Rocco well, was in the border he, patrol. Like, I, let's just call Rocco. Yeah, dude. That's the thing. Is like, I mean, I would hope it's just a fine line. You don't want to fuck with your career, man. Speaking out on, on something that's so uh, edgy right now, it's so controversial. They could potentially lose their career and you just don't want to be a part of that. Cause that's a great career field, man. It really is. And so it's like, that's kind of why I spoke up and gave, I did a small video on my personal Facebook, not my entertainer Facebook, but my personal one. Which I which I loved, by the way. I, I watched that Thank video, you. and and that's uh, literally after I saw that is when I called you. I was like, ah, shit, man. Like, dude, this is one guy who's get it, who who gets it, and he's coming from a genuine place. And you have a perspective like no one else will have because you fucking lived it. Yeah, and the, and then the other thing I posted on the entertainer page a picture that was from my time when serving as a border agent on the border. And this picture was not me. A lot of guys thought it was me. It's, it wasn't. But yeah, and that's the thing is like, I wanted them to see there's humanity in what we do. The border agents are, are honestly have nothing really to do with the argument at hand because what a border agent eventually really does is you apprehend them and you bring them into process. And then it's kind of a handoff to ICE. And, and then the next, I think the other one, I forget the other one that holds them as well. But that's really the process of what the border patrol has. So the border patrol honestly only has uh, them in custody for, I would say, no more than five hours until they've already been picked up and transported to ICE and continue on with the immigration process. And so it's like people were I saying border traders were Nazis or identifying. Yeah. I was like, wait the fuck a minute, man. Like, look, I don't care what you believe politically and all this other stuff. But like in the all, if you knew, break down the jobs, there's different uh, jobs sets for each immigration um i guess fucking D- department branch yeah department exactly yeah. so you have border patrol you have customs 
you have ice and then you have i think it's called hsi or hh something like that and and i can't again i don't i don't even i can't even tell you what it is but everyone has their specific job skill sets and so when people are saying they're just kind of pinning it on border patrol because it's probably the most well-known name out there and the well, most well-known job yeah uh it, it hurt my heart a little bit to watch my boys in green getting all shit on when i know what we do when i've seen that little girl was sent from Guatemala alone with nothing but a paper in her hand and her parents' phone number on it. Man, what, and, and what, do, you, what do you do in a situation like that? So, Because a lot of people don't understand this. Like uh, Trump talked about it the other day where he's like, look, a lot of these kids are coming alone. And I think as Americans, that's a hard thing to understand because, you know, you would never leave your, ch- your child or send your child out alone to do something see, extremely right. dangerous. But, you know, it's funny. is like we can say that as Americans because we also essentially live a life that is very privileged. And we're, we're blessed to be shit. We are blessed to be a part of this. And, and I would never send my kids into that. But I can say that also knowing that I'm not in a position where we're extremely broke and poor and we live in this po- poverty. And so, like, they do they have a reason? I, I obviously they felt they had enough reason to send their kid because they wanted to seek the dream of being an American and, and everything else. Um, do I fault them for that? Like, you know what? That's none of my fucking business what they do. I think it's sad, but it's not my kid. So I stay in my lane. But at the same time, it's like there I understand, I guess I can say it's hard to say I guess I'm empathetic to the to the to the situation. They want their kid to be here in America for the better opportunity. But they're willing to risk their kid's life because of whatever conflicts they're dealing with in their country. Fucking crazy. But you know what? I can't even speak on that because I don't know it. Right. It's just not where I'm not. I, I don't know anything about that. But I can say this when they come here across the river and they're by themselves, us border traders, we take care of them. We give them the water from our fucking trucks. We bring water with our in our trucks. We usually bring water just for illegals. There's a whole fucking water bottle in there, a whole water jug. Right. Just for illegals. And we catch them, we, we search them, we do the whole thing, make sure we're safe, make sure it's a safe environment. And then we say, hey, get us all. Boom, 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 boom. You start handing them water. And then you honestly only give them a little bit of water because most of them are so dehydrated. You give them one fucking bottle of water, they're puking in your truck because they're so dehydrated, they can't sip on it. They can't drink that much water. And, and that's a fact. You ask any border tracer, you don't give them a whole fucking bottle of cold water. They'll fucking puke because they've been walking for fucking days on end, dehydrated like motherfuckers. You let them sip on their water, say, sip on it. Don't drink it fast. You're going to get sick. And then you give them food because if you have it in your truck, you give them it. Who gives a fuck? I'm going to be at the station in a fucking hour anyways. These guys haven't eaten in days. But especially kids, I've carried kids on my shoulders fucking on the way back to the truck to get them into the truck to an air-conditioned vehicle to get them back to the station to process them to give them a juice to give them some to give them a, a, a candy bar and freaking uh in a in a meal but like the world doesn't see that because they've turned something that's been happening for years and years on end since the obama administration yeah that and they want to it's just it's just a weird time right now like I'm not I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm for or against Trump. That's no one else's business. But this I'm not here to look for reasons why to hate Trump. I'll tell you that much, because that's what it seemed like the media tried to do here was just looking for a reason. And I'm like, well, that's not the reason you, lo- you missed the mark there, because this has been in place 
since the Obama administration. Yeah, and, 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 and a lot of those photos they've been, you know, passing around on social media are from 2014. So with the kids in cages and the, the tinfoil yeah. blankets and all that stuff. like Yeah, it, and what it, happened it, there, I was in the Border Patrol at that time, Ross, and what happened there was that we had this crazy influx of kids coming across the border. They called family units, and we could not house them at the rate that they were coming across it was a fucking invasion if you will and using that in light the term lightly sure i'm saying they were coming across in record fucking numbers that we had no place to put them you're not going to put them in a hotel they still have to do the immigration process you're not going to just put them out there in the street because they still have to get documented and put through the system and so you had you had no other place to put them but in the holding facilities and you give them a little bed and you're like, you got to wait here for a couple hours. I'm sorry until ice picks you up and puts you in better. But then ice was getting overswamped. They started getting so overran that they started having to create these housings for these kids. It became insane for us in 2014, 2013 and 14. I think it was more in the, in, in the middle of 14 all the way into 15. It was almost an overrun of illegal immigrant families. Why? That's the question. It was because they knew that there was some kind of loop around the system if the kids got processed here if they claimed a political asylum they can get uh ability to stay here in the united states of america which again hey that if they want to do it that way that's on them no big deal we have to do our part to do our do to do due diligence and see if it's true or not yeah but they this is what happens in immigration from the beginning of time you find a loophole in the system you try and beat that and you try and become a citizen okay cool some people get it some people don't but that's all that happened and then people were complaining about all these kids. You know what happens? There's a thing called a, a notice to appear. I sent you an article about that. Yeah, I, I, I read that article. It was unbelievably fascinating. And, and it also got buried in the media. Like no it one did. has it shared was, that article whatsoever except for you. It's the most accurate article you can find because it talks about – let's not talk about whether it's a good thing or bad thing. Let's just talk about policies that are in place and, and what – and us as agents have to uphold them. That's all it is, Right. Right. Uh, it, the border. it was 100 percent facts in there. There was no political agenda, nothing. It was simply stating, here's the process, what happens when you come into yeah. the country illegally and what ICE and Border Patrol and everybody else has to go through stepwise um, in order to process these people and get them on to the, the next place. And I, dude, well, I was baffled, man. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, people don't realize hey, if you're in a, if you're in a U United States citizen, you cross the border, not at a port of entry. You broke the law. Yeah. If you go into Mexico and party your, your ass off in fucking Tijuana and decide like, hey, fuck it, let's cross the border illegally. Yeah, you broke the law. You're going to you can't go across the borderline without going to a port of entry. And so it's like so soon as someone breaks that law. OK, now you've broken a law and now we have to bring you in to process you. Now, at that time, if they process say they want to claim political asylum. OK, that's not us. We're border agents. All we do is process you. And we say, hey, they're claiming political asylum. Sounds good. When ICE picks them up, they, they go ahead and file them an intake and they decide what their status is. And that will be waited for the immigration judge to determine at that time. But like that's what the world's missing. Like there's a chain of custody that happens. And somehow it got put all in the border patrol as if they're the fucking assholes. Like, no, I think the border patrols are the best humanitarians you have on the border. We're trying to stop drugs, and we're trying to help families. My job in 2013 was nothing in the summertime in fucking the border of, of Texas and South Texas was not doing nothing but to find lost illegals before they dehydrated and died. 
we had an average of almost 20 something die a fucking summer man because because here's the sad part ross everyone wants to think like these families are getting led across by good people sometimes they're just being led across to decoy for drugs to go another way and so when these bodies get scattered because they don't want to get caught right then they get lost in the middle of a fucking desert bro it don't even take a day for any of them to die and they get so dehydrated and they die and we can't even find them so i'm out there tracking and sometimes you come up on i've come up on ross a dead body a female who was undressed because she got lost her mind she tried to take off more clothes and spelled out with sticks help me you're kidding me bro that's what i'm talking about but the fucking world doesn't understand like all my job was was to try and fucking search and rescue. That's what Borstar is. Borstar, Borstar was Border Patrol, search yeah. and rescue. Search, trauma, rescue. And so I was out there. I'd deploy. I'd find some, some tracks, and I'd track it for fucking miles all the way to a dead body because they're dehydrated. Because they were fooled by a coyote that they were going to be taken to the right place. Instead, they were thrown right into the mix so Border Patrol would chase them. So that was a decoy to open up another location for drugs to get through. Fuck, man. In, in all it's of, so fucked. I know. In, in all of these cases, what would you say the percentage is, uh, is it regarding who's coming in for the right reasons, who's coming in for the wrong reasons? I would probably say it's honestly probably around 50-50, dude. It really is. Like, you do see the mothers and the kids, you know, that are just, they just want to work. The guys that just want to work. And then you see a few that you can tell they have, they've had prior backgrounds. You even run their records like, oh, this guy's wanted for murder. Oh, this guy's freaking, you know, like, he, he killed someone in DUI. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's all these cases. It's a 50-50. And with those odds, how can you even fuck with it? You have to get, you have to snag them all up, man, because... You don't want to run the risk of allowing someone in here that doesn't need to be. And that's the hardest part, being Latino, being a Mexican, half Puerto Rican person working that job. I get it. There's empathy that's there. I feel really bad because I understand what they want. But I also know there is a process that's healthier, that's safer, that's, that's, that's done better. Is, is immigration need to be fixed? I think it does. I think there's got to be... I think we need better education across the border so they would understand how to process the right way. I think that's what needs to happen because they're losing a lot of money paying people to, to, to traffic them across the border. But at the same time, if they use that money to apply correctly, they probably get in within a few years legally and actually start the process of naturalization. But again, it's just knowing the process, it's just hard to watch. And so I don't, I don't know. It's so dangerous in what they're doing. But they're doing it because they want a fucking better life. But is it worth risking your kid's fucking life? Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, that, and, and that's what I brought up the other day on social media when I was on Twitter and somebody hit me up about it. And I said, look, there's got to be some responsibility on the parents' side. Like, you're a dad. You're a great dad. You're always posting about your, your children on social media. Uh, I love my child more than life itself. There is no fucking way I would risk any point of separation of crossing the border, if I knew that I could possibly lose my child, even for a couple hours, let alone yeah. days or yeah, months, I like I, well, I wouldn't risk that. You know what happened back in the day? Like back in the day of my grandparents, you know, my grandfather would, you know, great grandfathers, whoever the case was, they would come across, they'd work their ass off. They'd work as a migrant worker. They'd work in these, you know, these really hard jobs for, for just pennies on a dime. Right. And then they would, send it back home 
You know what I mean? And and this was a very common thing. And a lot of immigration, a lot of immigrants would do this. They'd work their ass off here in America and they'd send it back home to the family that was safe. Right. Yep. And for somehow the, the immigration laws policies changed and which made it smarter to try and attempt to get your kids over because your kids can gain either immunity or political asylum or, or even just become citizens because of whatever case. Yeah. And then those kids can apply to get their parents here as citizens after. And so once that kind of system got figured out, that little loophole, I believe that's why you started seeing the influx of kids coming in. That's why you have an influx of people saying political asylum. Like they want to claim political asylum, but like that's actually not really true based on what they believe it is. It's actually what we we have a list and reasons what countries would be claiming political asylum and for what reasons. And if you don't fall within those reasons, then you don't have political asylum. You We won't be granted political asylum. You know, like people come here because – uh, you know, obviously they come here because their country's probably poor and they're not, they can't find a job and all these things and completely understandable, but that doesn't mean that they can claim political asylum because it doesn't fall within the, the, you know, the laws and rules of what that determined. So that's the problem is someone told them, Hey, just go claim political asylum. And, and they started doing it and some would get through and some not. And so it became this kind of like, it's the crazy thing how the wave of information happens on the border because it's really good. I don't know what they use for communication, but everyone finds out the new loophole and everyone starts to push across. And they start using that new con- that sense where whether it was the kids at one point, now it's political asylum. Next month, it's going to be fucking something else. And, and it's just kind of how it happens on the border. It's like these waves of communication. They, they drop some knowledge on what the next loophole is in the system. Yeah, because, you know, I I find it interesting that a lot of these people are claiming political asylum, but what kind of political climate is going on in a country like Guatemala that prevents you from like it's not a dictatorship. It's not a communist country. So, dude, I don't know. So I know that at one point El Salvadorians could claim political asylum because there was a lot of I believe there was some kind of conflict going on there at one point. And that was probably early on. That was sometime in 2010, I believe, to 12. Um, but again, it has to be something in that country that dictates the reason to claim political asylum. And if it's not, well, it's just because you want a better life doesn't fit the bill on what they say does. And so that's where people are getting misunderstood. They're coming here from fucking Guatemala, dog. They're coming here from Honduras and they're like, political asylum. It's like, uh, it's just not how it's not that easy. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not a you can't just come from any other country and say, oh, political asylum. Like there's a few there's communist countries where you could probably get away with that. Um, but, right, right. But yeah. not some of Cuba, those. And, and but that Cubans that, at one point, Cubans at one point were able to do that. Remember yeah. they were all coming across. Absolutely. They, they were they were coming in boats, they, duct taping themselves. To, land, yeah. As soon as they landed on fucking um, United States turf, they can claim it. Boom. Yeah. And they were granted. Yeah, it was uh, it was called what uh, like dry the dry land clause or, or I forget what the name of the bill was. But uh, I had a buddy in the military, bro, who was Cuban, who made a raft, and he, two of his friends jumped off the raft because they didn't think they'd make it, and they fucking drowned to death. And he kept fucking he kept boating away. Eventually, he ends up at the keys and he swims his ass while you're getting chased by the fucking coast guard. And he lands on sea. Boom. Now he claimed political asylum and he fucking got granted. And then he fucking went and joined the military and became an army ranger. <laughs> no you shit. Fucking believe? No, I fucking can't. Amazing. Fucking uh, amazing. By the way, that clause was called wet foot, dry foot. Um, and it was yeah. for Cubans. So that, that's what it was. You, you, you hop out, and as long as you're on dry land here in, in the United States, 
you're fine. The the mystery that that it, it will still I, I can't get over, and maybe you can explain this better than I can. Every other country I've been to in the world has such a strict process of when you land there or, or, or go to that country, they want a passport, they want ID, and, and typically you have to fill out a form of what you brought over as far as packing fruits, uh, any type of food items, clothes, um, and, and then they want to know what you're doing there. We don't have any of that here. No, I know, dude. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't understand it. Yeah, because I, I mean, look, I, I've been to like you know, I, fuck, you know, France, uh, all you know, all through Europe, the Caribbean, like every single country has been like, hey, man, I mean, fuck, even in Jamaica, uh, you you can't even leave with like a roach or something on you, where it's just like, hey, it's Jamaica. No, it's not. You're going to jail. Um, uh, it didn't look. It didn't happen to me, but it happened to a friend of mine, and it was it was one of those things where I was just like, all right, shit. These countries are really strict. You would never think that until you go there. Why are why don't we have the same policies as other countries? It just seems you know insane to me. You know, here's the weirdest thing. I, what I think why people have so much hard, like it's so hard for people to take the fact that we have to really protect our borders, not from just illegal immigrants, but from terrorism, from everything. Right? People have a problem with it. I believe it because America has always been based on. Like no one really originated here besides the Indians, besides probably some of a lot of the Mexicans and the Indians. Right. And the, oh, absolutely. And, and so I think it's kind of the mindset of like, fuck, dude, it was ours before. Why can't we just fucking creep on over? But but it's 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 a hard concept, dude. It's a weird thing to understand. Like the United States is a very young country. And so I think we're still just trying to figure out what is right and wrong, you know, and and me personally being of Hispanic descent. Like I get shit on all the time. People were fucking dogging me on social media saying you're a fucking traitor. You're a fucking, you know, all this. I'm like, I'm like, no man, I'm really fucking not right. Like I love my culture more than anything. I believe, you know, I always raise my kids to understand their Mexican culture and their Puerto Rican culture and, and really never forget where we came from. I wish I fucking spoke fluent Spanish and everything, but you know what? I live in America. I'm a Mexican American, but I'm a fucking American 100 fucking percent. That's why I serve this country and I believe in it. And at some point we do have to protect our borders. Like we just do. I don't know what that looks like. My sister's like, do you really think we should build a wall? I said, I fuck, I, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why we wouldn't. What does it hurt? Same. Yeah. Come across. Yeah. What, you know what I mean? It's like, you're not keeping me in. I'll get the fuck out if I want to. And we're not keeping anyone really out if they want to come in. They want to come in. They're going to fucking jump that goddamn wall. But maybe you do deter some people to be like, you know what? Let's go to the port of entry and do it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you do. Maybe you save more lives from fucking jumping across and dying out there in the fucking heat. Ross, you'll come up to people that have been out there for 15 days and they're already bones, bro. Just bones. Oh, boy. Uh, it's like, it's it's a hard thing to watch. Like I said, I'm empathetic to the to the situation. I get what they want to do, but there's also like it's such a risk, man. And and they don't know if the the trafficking organization they use is using them to push drugs or what. It's just a it's a really ugly ugly thing, man. Yeah. And the world is, you I, know. It's terrible and like uh, let me ask you this. Is there warning signs on the other side of the border saying, "Hey guys, here's what you're going to go through." Like uh, if no, you man. attempt to cross, so there's not. No, I, I, and again, I can't say, I guarantee, I can't, I can't say like, I, I know for a fact there isn't, but I know they try and do it. I think we need to have a better position in educating them. 
us as the United States should educate in Mexico, in South America, saying, hey, um, here's how you can do it legally. And this would be a lot easier process than doing it illegally and hurting your chances of doing it the right way down the road. Yeah, I, I just think that that's still more money from the government, and I don't think the I government. Know. Yeah, the government doesn't you know want to put that. You know how much money we're spending on? You know how much money we're spending on just housing illegal immigrants while they go through their case? No, it's insane. I, I, it's insane. I, I, I can only imagine. There are full prisons dedicated just to immigration. They get oh, three hot meals a day. They get free medical. And again, hey, it is what it is. That's the system we provided. We 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 decided to do that as per our policies. But understand. Maybe we can rotate our policies a little bit to focus on education instead of prison. Yeah, and again, this was and again, not to interrupt you, but th- this was a long time ago, right? Like, th- like yes. this wasn't just Trump. This was this no. was yeah. Fuck no, yeah. dude. This was when I was a prison guard for CCA. CCA had certain prisons that were just all national. Uh, they call them freaking Mexican nationals. All of them was immigration. They would all sit there and waiting for the immigration judge. Some guys are in there appealing their case for years. I'm talking two, three years. And they're making money by making these little baskets and they're selling it at home and they're fucking got the three hot meals. And they're just there appealing their case as long as they can because they want us. They're seeking asylum. And then it falls through. Nope, they get deported. So then you'll have a busload, like two, three big busloads of immigration buses filling them up and sending them back to their deportation, back to their countries. But it's like those are two, three years that we paid for because of our immigration system. And it's so we're so backed up. We're so overran. And, and us, our policies, whatever's in place, that's what turns into it. Right. That's kind of like the, the overflow of the spillage of yeah. our, our current policies. Yep. Dude, that was in 2007, bro. 2008. Fuck. Right? Uh, so you're, you're going back to Bush. Like, you know, we, right. we've, yeah, we've said it. It's, it's probably been this way for close to 20 years. I don't think it gained any form of attention until, you know, 07, 08. And then, you know, everybody kind of forgot about it. And uh, now it's coming to the forefront because Trump is president and everybody's looking for every last little thing that's going on. That's, that's the only thing that bothered me is like, man. Everyone's looking to demonize this dude. Whether you hate him or you love him, it doesn't matter. But don't just look for things to get mad about. Blame him and then later be like, whoops, we were wrong again. It wasn't him. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It just looks bad. It's like that just looks that, – that shows how unintelligent people are by just pointing the finger and then like, wait, I didn't even research this. I'm wrong. This has been like this for years. Like, yeah, for years. And we're out there doing our best to try and provide the service that we're, 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 we've sworn to. And then we get shit on because – who knows why, right? Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's again, it's one of those things where it's finally come to a head where somebody's trying to do something about it. Because otherwise, yeah. you could just let this continue. And, you know, look, I, I, I know you're in Los Angeles currently right now. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you'll, you'll be aware of this when they start taking taxes out of that Mayans money. But uh, you're, you're going to be taxed a lot on that California tax. And you're like, fuck, where the fuck is all this money going? Um, oh, bro. And we it's, get, we get, I get, I get taxed so hard here. I enjoy it because <laughs> so at the end of the year, I might have a tax return finally. Yeah, you, you will. I, I can promise you that. And, and, and again, like I was trying to explain to people, like after living there for, you know, 17 years, I was just, they were like, I don't understand why you're not rich. And I was like, well, a lot of my money is going to California taxes and it's simply to pay for Im- immigration because everybody comes in usually around the California border. Um, yeah. Los Angeles is 83% Latino. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of these people, 
um, who, who come to our country for the first time, uh, they've got to learn English. They got to find jobs. You know, some of them go on welfare, uh, to get there, you know, while they're going through their hardships and all that shit. But we're as taxpayers, Americans are paying for that. So yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, the pro the hardest thing to watch is that is, is watching the prison system. If people knew more, how just start looking into the private prisons and watch how much money they make. And that's all based on needs of housing and a lot of that is immigration dude and it's fucking crazy because what trump just signed recently is something that's already been uh on on board uh for half of the border and the texas south south texas border is an operation called operation streamline operation streamline if you cross the border illegally you're already going to be apprehended as if it's a felony you're going to be doing jail time automatically and that's just to kind of hopefully deter people from coming over like listen you're going to go to prison you come over you're going to prison fuck you you come over once, you're going to prison 30 days. You come over twice, fucking two years. You come over three times, you're in there for a while. And that's say, stop fucking breaking the laws. Get the fuck out of here. And hopefully that message gets sent down the road so people don't do it. Which, it wasn't the case in a lot of other borders. San Diego, you could come across four, five, six times. And then finally they're like, all right, fuck, let's prosecute this asshole. He keeps coming. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now they made it so it's going to be illegal across the board where people, everyone is going to see jail time, which imagine what that's going to do to our prison systems. I guarantee stalking CCA is going to go up. CCA is a private prison facility. It's going to go fucking through the roof because they're going to start paying these motherfuckers more money to house more illegals because how many fucking people are going to come across and get, have to do jail time? There's uh, no room in the prison. No, there's there's no room in the prisons. And I, I don't know if you heard what happened in the last couple of days, but uh, it, it, they're they're now telling military bases that they've got to they've got to take them and house them so they're gonna happen dude that happened in 2014 with the kids military bases were receiving all the kids and watching them at the daycares really yes dude yeah so uh recently as of 48 hours ago um san francisco they're gonna start housing some of them there and they're and uh and then but down by uh camp pendleton in uh san diego they're gonna start housing them there in, in some form of tent tent city format is what they're going to do i'll tell you this man this is an issue we're going to have for many many years this isn't the downfall of america this isn't this isn't oh my god here we go we're all crumbling down no this is just one other issue that we have and somehow we need to figure out a policy that's going to be beneficial the uh, uh, illegal immigrants are not going to be happy because it's not going to be easy to come across sorry it, for any immigrants come across it's not there's a process and it's going to have to stay that process does it need to get fixed where it's probably a little bit more streamlined for the people that are that have good records and, and want to come here and show they can provide why not but again that's so much there's so many layers to that shit that i don't understand it i just think like this is just one of the issues for some reason got highlighted to fucking bring light to a situation that should have been fucking highlighted 15 fucking years ago yeah, and the, and the other thing about it that uh, I found striking, and you can tell me if this is true or false, is uh, that only 30% that are coming over from the border are, are actually Mexican. Is that true? Yes. It is true. Yeah, and it might even be less. If you look at those numbers, they might even be less. Because I remember at one point it was somewhere around 20%. Because no you, you, got, you got Mexican, and then you got other than Mexican, OTMs. And OTMs, dude... The deportation is obviously twice as expensive because you have to send them all the way back to the country. I, you know, I, know, I know, yeah, I never even thought about that. That's crazy. Yeah, and so a lot of the guys, that, a lot of these people are coming from way down south. They're they're jumping on on trains, riding to the top of the trains for days, get close enough to Mexico, walk all the way up to the border. 
man, that, that, that's it's it's almost unbelievable to hear where you're like, man, I, I can't believe it. Um, well, well, look, you being a Mexican-American, how did your parents get over here? If you don't mind me asking. How did no, your family get here? So, no, it's cool. Um, my great grandfather crossed early on. He was a he used to break uh, horses for the for the army back in the day. And he came across back at a time that wasn't really this border issue. It was just kind of, but they're all from El Paso, right? So they're in Juarez and they just kind of creeped over and eventually they kind of settled right there in El Paso. And that's how they came across. His next kid was a citizen. You know, and my grandfather was a citizen when he was born because it's just by the fact of my uncle came across and was training horses and stayed here. Gotcha. And, and what year you was know? that? Oh, fuck. I can't even tell you, bro. I can't even tell you. 40s, 50s, uh, somewhere my, in there? My, my grandfather is somewhere around 90-something when he passed, right? So Wow. And then and it hit, so it was probably 150 years ago, 160 years ago. Shit. Well, ba- then, well back then, there was no border. Look, we didn't have yeah, any of this shit just, now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then my grandmother, crazy story, she actually took the identity of her sister, who her sister was born in America, and she wasn't. You're her kidding. Sister, now her sister died at a young age, and her parents said, "Fuck this! Here's your new name. Get out of here." Boom, she's an American citizen. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, that's some... that's a fucking honest to god story right there, dude. <laughs> that's some cold blooded shit. Look, you're staying here. Here's the thing: you're now your sister. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Your sister <laughs> passed away, and we're sad. But now you have a life in America. Bye. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, but that's how. That's how. I mean, think about it, dude. Yeah. 75, 80 years ago, you wanted to be here, bro, because you knew this was the place. Oh, look, 100%. It, it, look, to, yeah. to, to me, it's still the place now. And it's not that I don't understand people who are trying to cross to have a better life or what their idea is of a better life. But, you know, you'd take the little girl who was on the, the cover of Time with Trump that they, you know, they cut out the other yeah. day. And then they found they out. Embellished. Yeah, yeah. They found out two days later. They were like, oh, she was actually never separated from her mom whatsoever. And. The dad had a great job uh, in Honduras and was just like, dude, I don't even know why they left. Like, we were doing great here. So um, it, it's it's a strange circumstance where you're like. Yeah. Uh, what- hey, Ross, I got to wrap this up. I am so sorry, dude. I got to head back inside and finish up this process with my new phone. No worries, man. Hey, wh- wh- while I got you here, uh, as always, you, you know the drill. Who's your drinking bro of the week? Uh, I'd have to say it's Kurt Sutter, man. Kurt Sutter is my drinking bro of the week. Uh, he was he was just in the room and and saw something in me and gave me an opportunity that forever I'm gonna be uh, you know indebted to him. That he saw something in me and I hope that I can repay him tenfold and and I hope I can make the drinking bros community proud to see that I'm doing what I wanted to do and and I'm and I'm just trying to do justice by it. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, Kurt Sutter was the creator um, of Sons of Anarchy. He's the creator of, of the Mayans and uh, one of the most gifted uh, television producers we have in our industry today. Rocco, remind the audience where they can find you across all social media. Yep. Go check me out. Uh, Vincent Rocco Vargas on Facebook, on Instagram. It's Vincent.Rocco.Vargas. Um, you guys know my podcast is Vinny Rock Podcast. It comes and goes when I have the time to do it. Uh, go check that out. And again, don't forget, I start a barbershop in downtown Salt Lake City. If you're in Salt Lake City, please stop by Throwbacks Barber Company. It's in, uh, it's right there at Black Salt. It's 930, uh, 930 South Main, Salt Lake City, Utah. Hit me up anytime, guys. I'll answer any questions you have. Yes, we love Luke Webster and the boys. We love those products. And uh, we love Will XX. Is he still tattooing there? He is, man. Hell he yeah. Is. 
Hell yeah. Well, Rocco, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. We know you were extremely uh, fucking busy these days, and we appreciate you, you, you stopping by, dude. We love you, buddy. Not a problem. Thank you very much, guys. Bye, buddy.